The podcast you are listening to of Holmberg's Morning Sickness is brought to you by my friends at Eric's Family Barbecue in Avondale. Meet, mesquite, repeat. Trust me on this one. You've had barbecue before, but you haven't had it this good. Eric's Family Barbecue in Avondale. Eric'sFamilyBBQ.com. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and six one since that matters and what do I even say other than hey <sighs> well that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier starting the chat better and dating safer they've changed so you don't have to download the new Bumble now good morning everybody hello there welcome to tuesday it is 5 45 this is the morning sickness my name is john holmberg there is brady bogan brett fesley big dick toledo off we go uh for another glorious day here in paradise as the weather becomes perfect the people start to flood in and the weirdness begins as the nfl sucks money out of your pockets for things that really aren't that fun uh that media day thing uh the you know, NFL's Super Bowl's opening night last night uh, is, um, I don't know what fans get out of that. I don't know what you, you spend your 20 bucks. They'll, they'll nickel and dime you for 20 bucks every turn, but they hit you for 20 bucks to go sit at the Footprint Center and watch interviews you can't hear uh, unless the NFL Network's doing them. If the NFL, if Michael Irvin's doing the interview, they put it over the big speakers. Occasionally they'll pop a, you know, uh, something if somebody big is asking, you know, uh, Travis Kelsey a question, they'll be like, boom, here. No. Other than that, it's, it's like watching the um, uh, going live on Instagram or Facebook Live. Yeah. You just hear the responses to the questions. Yeah, you don't you really get to, all of oh, it. You can figure out what they're asking, and then sometimes it's like, what? But packed it up. It was a good crowd last night. So everybody's all curious to see their, you know, your superstars. And if you were a, a fan of either team, you'd be down there and just watch these guys. But you can't get too close. It's an interesting concept to go in so it's just a cattle call pretty much it's like anybody can go in for 20 bucks and then all the players sit in little booths and the media asks each individual player stuff and michael irvin goes around hey brother you got this going right you played super bowl that's his question that's most of his questions sound exactly you was at the thing when you would look you you struggled the long time oklahoma talk about that what? <laughs> for the ring. Yeah, for the you playing for the ring now. You got that going on. Tell me more. Tell me, what's that like? No, talk about that. What? You heard it. I have no idea what you asked. No, give me the ball. And then that's why athletes always go, well, I'm just going to give 110% because they don't have to say, what the f*** are you saying? That you was in the Super Bowl. You won, lost it. You won one, lost one. You, you're back. Talk, talk about that. I think you just said everything I need to say. One when I lost when I'm back. What? But and then he thanks, brother. Thanks. The best part, the only good part I saw last night from the television broadcast, and Craig Gass was there last night. He's gonna come back in with what he found, uh, his dopey questions. But uh uh was Jalen Hurts uh was being interviewed by uh Michael Irvin and he's he's like uh, well you keep it up, brother, you keep doing doing what you're doing. You're all right. 
all right, uh, back to you guys. And he's throwing it back to the stage or back to the studio. And before he goes, you know, it hurts me to tell you guys good luck because <laughs> he hates the Eagles so much. <laughs> and he, right as he left, and then uh, Maurice Jones Drew was like, oh, we heard that, Michael. We heard that. <laughs> Which was just every Eagle he's taking. Like, good luck to you, Harold. Good luck. I got a soft spot in my heart for Philadelphia, and I'm so, I'm, you guys have a good game. Okay, back to you. I hate you, mother so much it hurts. <laughs> Because, yeah, he was he was talking about how much he's got a soft spot for Philly and the Eagles <laughs> and all this. And then you hear him off just the second they said clear, he said he hated the Eagles. To the Eagles, which was great. That was the only moment I really enjoyed of the whole thing. But. A common question I could figure out hearing in the background was, what was your first major purchase You know, be, after, after you got a, your money? That's becoming a, an annual and thing. about three quarters where I got my mama a car or a house. Right. I am already tired of the idea... Of uh, this being the first Super Bowl with two black quarterbacks playing each other and brothers. Well, that's what. Well, no, Brady, that's racist. I mean, the Kelseys are also playing. Yeah, but yes, I mean, I, mean, yeah, please, yeah. Hey, I expect that stuff from Brett, but let's not <laughs> let's not go down. Yes, two brothers are quarterbacking. Yes, we understand. Not brothers, brothers, brothers. Are, well, brothers are quarterback. Brothers are brothers in arms. All right, enough. They're just they're making it. This right, is why we can't do this gotcha. kind of garbage. <laughs> But yeah, they, they're like trying to make this huge thing out of that. And I'm like, if it's not such a big deal, let's not make it a big deal. I mean, I understand there's two black quarterbacks, but, you know, it's just two guys who worked as hard as anybody else to get there. And that's pretty impressive. And, and maybe, I understand why it's an honor for the, uh, the quarterbacks being the first. It, they're, yeah, but they're the first just to play each other. Patrick Mahomes is in his third Super Bowl. And to be honest with you. I wasn't sure he was black. I I didn't know Patrick Mahomes was like black. I know he's got like Kamala Harris black or black black. Like, because Jalen Hurts is a black guy. So, not that it's like you know varying degrees, but to me it's just you know. I guess I'm fifty percent. You're in. Look, I guess that just makes me better than everyone else because I really don't care what color the quarterback is if they're winning. I'm in. I don't see color. I mean, I've never once thought, well, it's the first time two black right guards have played against each other. Who cares? It's just to announce the NFL is trying to prevent that. This time they couldn't do it. Well, they've they've worked hard to make it (laughs) a thing. And uh, the society has definitely said it's all. Look, Pittsburgh, which is one of the most racist cities uh, throughout the 60s and 70s and things like that, uh, when it came to uh, their athletes, um, had a guy named uh, Joe Gilliam. Who would have been? You'd have never heard of Terry Bradshaw. He was Terry Bradshaw was his backup for about two years because Gilliam was the man, and he was a black quarterback. And Pittsburgh embraced him. They were dying for this guy to win. Problem with Joe was could not lay off the crack and the coke and the, anything you put in front of him. That man loved to suck it up, drink it if it was in front of him, and he had a drug problem that kept him from, you know, staying steady with the team. Gilliam was going to be the very first, like he was going to be the, the the glass ceiling buster in Pittsburgh. That team already was great, and they would have been amazing. Terry Bradshaw stunk for the first few years, and they wanted to ride him out on a rail and put Gilliam in there. But because of rails, Gilliam couldn't stay. So Terry got break after break because this dude was okay. So if your team's winning... I, I, you could be the clan and be fans of Atlanta, and you know if you're 13 and three, and looking at the you know, first seed of the playoffs, and you you don't care. Going with the winner, you just don't care, and that's the thing. I think people need to focus on that. People don't care about that anymore, 
And it might be an accomplishment to, you know, to say, okay, finally, it's all happened. That's great. But I deep down think the best message we can say is no one cares if your quarterback is black anymore. And that's the achievement. That's the big thing is that no one really, no one in football who cares about the team is going to stop cheering for a quarterback that's black. You're just an asshole top to bottom. If, you're, if your team's winning, that's all that matters. And all of a sudden you can't, well, we got a black quarterback, so we can't win. It's like, that's not going to happen. So I think that's the best message. The most uniting thing is no one cares anymore. And that's important, too. But Michael Irvin cared. Yeah, they got to make it a story. Of course. They have, everything's, a, everything's a, a story for you know societal woes and ills and everything else. Instead of just saying, isn't it great that no one cares about this anymore? Can't we put that on the back shelf and just go, hey, first time two black quarterbacks ever faced each other, and no one cares. Isn't that the best part that the rest of the, the, the world is like, good, so what? And that the so what part means something. When do the, the glory pieces start uh, Sunday morning? The tear-jerking... Eight hours of pregame show on the NFL Network. Eight hours. So it's starting. Hours. So if it starts at four, eight hours earlier than that is what, ten? Yeah. No, it's eight. Twelve, ten, eight would be eight eight, o'clock. Eight eight a.m. Holy cow. Sharp. That's an awful lot. You worked. You you used to come up here a long time. You've been around. I, I watched you. Talk about that. It's a pretty uh, impressive Michael Irvin interview. Um, yeah, I've long, 110%. Uh, a lot to the... I love this team. I love God. Uh, we uh, uh, got to thank uh, God. That's right. That's right. Good answer. <laughs> I guess. I have no idea what you asked me. It's not that I can't understand words Very you're adamant about that. But About superstitions. Not about superstitions. I believe uh-huh. in God. Oh, yeah. yeah. Ain't no superstition with God. You was out playing in the... I tell you. Look, I saw that. You talk about that. I'd still rather listen to him than Shannon Sharp. I though. love Michael Irvin. Yeah. I find him hilarious. I think he just gets tripped up on his own ideas. And I think it's the laziest questioning habit uh, people have in sports media. And they think they're... They all think they're so clever with talk a, talk a little bit about... Because they don't know how to ask questions without getting yes or no answers from athletes. Because they've learned that this idiot in front of you will take your words and twist them. So they thought they'd be clever and say the words, talk a little bit about or talk about that. Instead of just having a general question that uh, is a, has a good answer at the end of it. I mean, if yes or no or one word answers, it's, it's somehow or another the athlete's fault. Talk a little bit about your journey. What do you think of gay marriage? <laughs> talk about that. Talk about that. Talk a little bit about how when one man loves another man, he inserts his penis into him. Talk about that. Why? Why would I do that? Just don't more one more answer. Talk about it. Uh, well, guys sometimes love each other very much. Oh, that's right. Tell me more. I give 110%. Give 110%. Then? then where's he put it at the end? <laughs> I don't know. I guess it's up to the bottom. That's right. Always ask the bottom. Always. All right, back to you guys up there. Good luck to you, Philly. I did see something yesterday. That I feel responsible for. Now, you might remember about a month ago, and I think I'm programming Channel 3's news. I'm almost positive of it. About a month ago, we were talking about like billboards going up about human trafficking, and like it's just a terrible tragedy. Start this. heavying up, and I started saying that can't be all of them. I know human trafficking is a a terrible thing, 
Evidently, we lead the Southwest in one particular location of having that done, and the cops have asked me not to say where because then it gets to be a curiosity. Where number but one? Where we have a, we have a place where there are a lot of nabbings, and I had a police officer, officer explain to me that they try to find a teenage girls uh, and drug them, uh, put them in precarious positions, photograph or video it, and then hold them and by saying, "We're going to show your mother what you've done." And then, you know, we're going to, we will, we'll hurt your families and do this. So they kind of have this weird power over them immediately. So it's a terrible, terrible thing. But not all hookers are human trafficked. There are plenty of hookers, I made the claim, that are doing this because they want to, that are doing this and having a nice time, that are enjoying it. For the love of the sport. For the love of what they've chosen to do. You know, everybody's got a passion. And when you find your passion and you make it your job, uh, you know, you never work a day in your life. Yesterday downtown at the Footprint Center, I found it hysterical. Uh, and Channel 3 found these girls. There was about 13, 14 prostitutes protesting to decriminalize what they do and to tell everybody, we love this. We are having the time of our lives out here. One lady was a hooker and then uh, left to be a professor at ASU and it wasn't paying. So she became a high school teacher and it wasn't paying. She's like, I had a kid. One of them was disabled. I couldn't make ends meet. So sex work was my way out. It saved my life several times. I love taking D for cash. It's what feeds my family. And the only thing I'm afraid of are the cops getting me. And so this little tiny, this little tiny gaggle of girls got together and kind of unionized being hookers and saying it's not all. When done right. One of them actually said it's not as bad as the news wants to make you think with the human trafficking and stuff. It's out there. But it isn't like a lot of us really like this. And that's kind of what I was saying a couple months ago. I'm like, all these hookers that are, they're not all trying to get out because it's as easy as going into Brett's room at 2 in the morning and the envelope's on the on the counter. Yeah. And he's like, all right, baby, let's get this going. This kind of action I want from you, broad. <laughs> and then she's like, I need help. Help me get out of this. That's all it would take. Because most people like Brett would be like, well, this, this is a boner killer. You don't want to do this for a living? No. And that's it. It's over. That's it. Like this, you know, we call the cops and do whatever, get her into a place. None of them do that. I've been to Vegas. They seem happy. They're making a fortune. They're wandering around. I don't know if they're, you know, all happy. But how many of us can say we're all happy at our jobs? It's not like we're all walking around sunshine and roses all day long with our gigs and then saying, you know. It's a tough day at the office applies to hookers, too. The one girl said, I uh, felt very safe as a sex worker. I felt protected. I made a ton of money. Uh, I needed to get out uh, and go to college, and it got me through college. I was getting out of an abusive marriage years later. I had young children. Uh, it got me away from him. It got me out of being under his thumb. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's been it's a, the American dream. It's the American dream. I got, here, it's I got the some, savior. People, oh, you have the story. I got some soundtrack for you. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> is, this, is this for money? It's America, for God's sake. <laughs> These horses were talking how wonderful their lives have gotten, thanks to sex work, that they wouldn't be the same. Now, the one argued that human trafficking isn't as pervasive a problem as authorities are making it out to be. Uh, the trafficking hotline in 2021, there were 217 cases. You'd think there were thousands and thousands and thousands of abductions. In 2022, there are 193 cases, so it actually went down. The vast majority of these things are sex crimes. Advocates uh, point out the workers uh, are not all victims. Many of them do this. The one girl's done five and a half years 
behind bars for sex work because they took her away from the kids and stuff. She popped right out. What do you think she's going to do to get back on her feet and help her kids? Got to do what you got to do. Cash money. Sell that beef. She lost her insurance. She lost all of her belongings. She's like, what did they think I was going to do? They let me out of jail. All right, that's enough of that. Now you can go do something else. I'm like, you bet. A few days later, she's got insurance. She's got a place again. The kids are back. We're doing all right. Uh, but that's what she said. Sex workers' biggest fear is law enforcement, not bad clients. But when you hide from the police, sometimes you have to take shortcuts that make you uh, and put, or put you in precarious positions. The people arguing against it say no one would do this willingly. Well, you wouldn't. Some chicks like it. This is, there's other options available for these poor ladies. Prostitution is not supposed to be what you do. No, it isn't. But but if you choose to do it, but, well, yeah, this is America choice, for God's sake. Yeah, damn it, Fred's right. <laughs> and I'm proud to be. I'm three hundred dollars. I made a. And they're making more. I think that's what makes most the women who won't do it. I think it makes them mad. They look over and they see some deadbeat husband who bitches when she buys a pair of shoes. And these hookers are just rolling in dough. And they're not willing to sell their stuff. They're willing to pretend to sell their stuff because, you know, on a date, you're technically selling your stuff. <laughs> Transactions happen. Transactions occur every time the guy said two for 20 at Applebee's. And you're like, sure. And then you sleep with him. Guess what? He bought you uh, riblets. And sex. Then more transactions will happen. And you're still not guaranteed even after the riblets. Look, there's an argument to be made that your five-figure ring versus his $120 ring was sort of payment. Dudes are constantly buying stuff, and that's okay. But if he goes and buys, it just cuts out the middleman, and there's no exchange of, it's just here's the money for the stuff for you. You do whatever you want with it. Suddenly, it's not prostitution. But I enjoyed watching that last night because I, I thought, you know, let's stop making hookers so bad. And the older I get, the more I realize I've never done it. But how many of my friends and stuff have? How many people that have run into like, oh, you've gotten hookers? Oh, yeah, I got hookers all the time. There were a couple people in this building, very prominent. They're no longer here. Very prominent people in the building, the high-end management. That part of their trips to Vegas were like... They carved out some time for prostitutes. I thought that was awesome. It wasn't even people. It wasn't even Vegas. There's yeah. been times here that it I've was. witnessed. Yeah, <laughs> there's that's true. And other casinos. <laughs> that's true. And you always think that it's some seedy, terrible street guy with a knife in his pocket, going to knife her and carve his initials in her ass or something. And she's just doing this against her will. A lot of the times, it's a incredibly uh, normal dude. Hiring a hooker, like somebody you'd be surprised by. I'm no longer surprised. Prostitutes are uh, America's oldest profession, the world's oldest profession for a reason. But damn it all, ladies. There's, there's, you know, like any. Don't throw a wet blanket on this. Yeah. The American. Don't you throw a wet blanket on this because guess what? Your wife hasn't been happy at her job the whole time. It's not a uh, wet blanket. You make her work. I'm just saying like any business. You're like a pimp. You're no different. <laughs> you're going to work or you're not going to live here anymore. she got to go find something she doesn't want to do, too. Not a wet blanket. 
What are you going to say about how bad prostitution is after? From sea to oh, shining I'm not saying how bad it is. From Detroit down. I can't hear you over all the patriotism, Brady. I can't, I can't hear you over the massive amount of patriotism that just happened. Go on. Tell everybody how bad it is. It's tremendous. <laughs> You're just afraid of it. No, I was just pointing out that just like restaurants, there's, there's le- levels. There's fast food. There's elegant sure. dining. Sure. And I think that's where people get... It's a variety, Brady. Yeah. It's a variety. And you, my friend, sample at the buffet of variety in your example. Absolutely. But the person <laughs> that's upset, like, if you're looking for a quality steak, you're not going to get that at McDonald's. Let me put this in terms you'll understand it. Somebody's trying to take away everything that costs less than $100 a plate. That's just un-American. Yeah. And it's not right. Some of these places like serving low-level Cisco meats at a discount price. And some people like mopping it up with bread. Some dudes out there, I wonder how many crimes hookers have stopped by unloading some crazy dude's sack. And he was probably going to go out and just fire into a crowd. If it wasn't for the moment that a hooker said, look, I got this. A couple hundred bucks, I'll be your girlfriend for an hour or two. And it probably stopped a ton of crime. True patriots. True patriots. I never realized it until I talked to my friend who worked at a college, how many of the girls there are actually, you know, throwing a little sugar daddy action down. And uh, they're normal. Actually, some of them were beautiful. And they're like, look, they're, they, they, they pick their clients. Kind of like a hair salon. It takes all types. You got the Fremont Street ones, and right. then you got the ones that are sitting in the area. Yeah, there's and they're picking. They're going down. The, look, some work in volume, mm-hmm. and some work in uh, you know big money. Some are trying to churn and burn. Brady, your restaurant was probably a churn and burn. Let's turn these tables. Steak forty four, not so much. You can sit there for a couple hours. You can enjoy your table, and you pay for that. Not all hookers hate it. That was my point a couple months ago, and last night it was proven to be true by a protest in front of the Footprint Center of a bunch of hookers taking the night off, by the way, to basically tell the fans going into the NFL the opening night, guys, it's not so bad. Some of us love this, and I, for one, admire them. Because it's, it's more real than it is a girl who hammers a bunch of guys and gets stuff out of it. And then breaks up with him over and over because she's not really in relationship. She's just there for the thing. I wonder how effective it has been for like um, Amsterdam and, and uh, places that regulate it. Sure, the government Hardly because great. you know now that they're regulating it, they're getting the tax money. Whereas right now it's got to be all under the sure. table for the most part. Yeah, you're not supposed they, to pay taxes on that. But if you're getting cash, you're an idiot to pay taxes all the way through anyway. But you get something. Yeah. You could at least write down occupation, tour, and, and then they pay, uh, give them a pay few for bucks. their license. Sure. Oh, look how much look how much tax the weeds brought in since exactly. they made that legal. Right. Yep. I support the hookers. I too. Support the hookers. And I think if you did kind of regulate it and made it so it's like, look, this this is really no big deal. It's a victimless crime. It would probably pull back on the whole human trafficking thing. Because the human trafficking is basically like the illegal drug trade. Because there's dirty money to be had. Jail space. I mean, how many pro athletes have been with prostitutes? I mean, they're out there. They're everywhere. Come on. Are we turning you on this? Yeah. Thinking about this a little bit. 
you hate the topic because you don't want the world to well, have this in it. I think it's a it's a vocation not for everyone. It's tough. <laughs> like I, I certainly wouldn't wa- want Kirby to take this up of a right. occupation. Of course but not. I understand the points of it. I'm saying there might be a yes. smarter way of going about controlling it or uh, not just running it, regulating it. Right now. Is it different, though, if Kirby finds a guy who's like, she's not going to work, I'm going to give her things, and then they break like up. Like if she found... And she just got a bunch of presents from a guy. A sugar daddy. Right. Yeah. And they were dating. It's not different. It's just long-term hookering. It is. Again, i um not a huge fan of that necessarily <laughs> happening. Right. But if it did, and you don't have to pay for it, anything. It's you know, it gets idea. to the point where you, it's like, it's her life, right. so she's got to make her... All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Look, choices. There aren't. A, it doesn't mean. See, this is where people. I think where people. I'm going to say it like this: people like you <laughs> get confused when someone says prostitution isn't so bad. Is that you think everybody's daughter's got to do it for a while? That's not true. Of course, you wouldn't be happy if Kirby took that sure. job. You wouldn't be happy if Kirby took a job as a stripper. Right? It's not a good thing, but it's totally legal, and she might. Something She's got time. A job She's got she time. could take. It's just the thing that, of course, your father's not going to be happy with certain choices you make with that. But people like you automatically assume when somebody says good things about prostitution that I'm talking about your daughter and everybody else's daughter, giving it a run for a few weeks, you know, like it's your senior year uh, paper. It's not so bad. Some hookers like it. I'm still never going to get one. But some hookers like it. And it's time we stop bashing all of them as if they're all victims because they're not all victims. Some are volunteers. God damn it. And they're beautiful for this country. Now, they could have had a better looking group standing in front of Footbridge Center last night. I will say that. Should have had some better representatives out. Yeah. Because I remember watching that show on HBO. Those girls liked it. The one especially in Hawaii where the tourists come and go. And that dude would, on the streets of Honolulu, these ladies just have it all. <laughs> like, over there getting in. I made $14,000 this weekend. It's like, mm, yeah. The uh, whole Heidi Fleiss thing. I mean, that's you know, the upper level. Huge. I, I think that is, you know, the that's the pro leagues. Right. Well, there's, there's going to be better meats and cheeses yeah. to keep it in your area. Well, last night we had the Monday night representatives. So, That's I mean, it's point. not going to, you know. That's right. The good ones are still flying in well, from Vegas this. probably this week. The good ones were working. Yeah. That's true, too. Yeah. The 12 that could take the time off and fight. The Nathan Hales. The Patrick Henrys of prostitution. They could stand there and not take their money or D last night and fight for the other girls so they could go into hotel rooms at a reasonable rate. How many hotel beds you slept in that were sloshed around by a prostitute, some Chinese businessman the night before? Countless. Every time you go to Vegas. Every time you yeah. go to Vegas, you're in a bed a hooker was in. It's not so bad. And your wife kind of acts like a hooker most of the time in Vegas. That's her job. God bless her, too. God bless the United States. God damn it. What a country. Thank you, prostitutes, for standing outside a footprint center last night and saying, love that D. Pay me and I'll prove it.
Get the cops off my ass, please. And now that's our new legalizer. That's it. And I'm for legalizing prostitution. I don't understand why it's a why it's a crime that has to have. Like that lady said, I had two kids. I had no way out. I don't want to go work some office job. She was trying. People were like, well, you could have gotten a regular job. She was a high school teacher. She couldn't make it work. So she started taking a little, she dabbled with some cash D on the corner. Take a little cash over here. Next thing she knows, she's like, all right, this is where the money is. Kids had a better life. Everybody was doing well. She seemed to enjoy her work. And that's really all that matters in this life. Love your work. Find something you love to do. You'll never work a day in your life. And if it's bouncing on a D, then damn it all. (laughs) If I was a girl, that's all I'd do. I would have been a whore like my sister. (laughs) She gave it away just to make my dad mad. She should have gotten paid. She probably did a couple of times. I'm pretty sure my sister took some money. Different type of transaction, but you know, nah, I'm when pretty it comes sure down it was to straight it. cash transaction. Dinner. I wasn't the riblets. No, I, think, uh, I think there was. A, here you go. Here's some cash. I think I'm positive of it. <laughs> yeah, it was a, just. A, it would have infuriated my dad. She did it. Yeah, most guys' sisters did something just to make their dads mad. But yeah, so Brady, don't wet blanket this dream to have prostitution legalized. It doesn't mean everybody's daughter's got to do it. You, you heard me. I'd rather have it regulated. Yes. Not regulated, legalized, all that. Whatever. Get them their sex tests. Get them all their Because you ain't going to stop it. Yeah, you no. can't. It's impossible to stop. It's the free will of your thighs. I mean, it's wherever you want to put them. Wherever you want to open them up. Yeah, but these, these uh, women last night on the news were uh, not attractive. That was the worst part of the whole story. Is that one of them was just gigantic. Actually, that one's not so bad. A couple of them were which old. One, which one you on? Uh, AZ family. Okay. A couple of them were old. Which I was like, they've been at it for a long time. They had that one lady on... This is a, a good town to be older. Oh, yeah, you get some... Well, look, if, an, if a 70-year-old man's coming to town and he's got a 70-year-old hooker, a 30-year-old hooker, he's, and he's going to pay, and it's not... You don't have to be age-appropriate for that. Well, and then you got all the retirement, 55-plus communities. Sure, you can make some money out there. Hub. I, and the funny thing is, is our hypocrisy towards it, because I saw a story on CBS Sunday morning... About a woman who was 88 years old, and she was a prostitute up until about three years ago. And they're like, isn't that hilarious? I'm like, really? It's funny. To, why is it funny for mummy dust to throw that thing around? It was a prostitute back in the 1950s. And, of course, it lasted forever. Here they go. Chilo tells me she had a rough childhood. Oh, I still got the yeah, green on. Oh, God. Good. I felt very safe there. I felt very protected. And I made the money I needed to... Get out and go she to looks college. like a normal lady. You'd live right next door to she Brady. She came back. She'd kill it. Was getting out of an abusive marriage, and I had two young children. She says she was an adjunct professor at ASU, but Look that, at that job a didn't pay Look at redhead. She became a high school teacher. Cans. Still, she struggled. The cans on That's that redhead. What is her cost? And they were shouting. They were shouting that at the NFL guys last night. Sex work is real work. Rally outside Footprint Arena tonight, telling similar stories. That's how I pay for college. That's how. That's a fella. Whoa! Graduated from college. When I got into sex work, I felt. They all look like girls next door. Not like you're. Not like what the. Not like what the news wants you to think hookers look like. Not as pervasive a problem as authorities make it out. According to the National Human Trafficking Hotline in Arizona, in 2021, there were 217 cases. That's nothing. I'd have went down there and supported them. I didn't know they were doing this. Yes. You should have called the local media radio outlets, uh, whores. 
we'd have been down there in full, like broadcasting the live down. Yeah. with the whores. Handing out bumper stickers and t-shirts. Oh, yeah. yeah. KUPD for the whores. Damn right. That's right. We'll stop this human trafficking the other way by making it okay for uh, hookers to wander around. Anyway, yeah, she, I just, she looks literally like your next door neighbor. Yeah, you would never know. And she probably is. Man. She probably is your next door neighbor. It's those wide-eyed weirdos that are like, oh, my neighbors are swingers? <gasps> yeah, they're everywhere. It's a dirty little secret everybody's got. Everybody likes something weird. And I wasn't saying I wanted to do it. I was just making the point a couple months ago that I don't think all hookers hate it. I think a lot of them are really kind of doing it because they like it. I have a long-time friend that it, that's all it is two or three times a week. He's been married, done that thing, and he yep. doesn't want to be in another relationship. So Hookers. it's two times a week, and they go out. There's no agenda. None. This is done, and, you can, and you can switch it up. If you get tired of one, you can just. it's like a, a, like a Hyundai. You get another yeah. one later. Well, I spent all the money to go to Hillstone or whatever and then <laughs> not wind up with anything at the end of the night. Thank you, well, Brett. Thank just, you very much, Brett. Then you got to start chasing. Forget it. Yeah. A hooker doesn't even need the Guaranteed. food part. Yeah, yeah. You don't even have to feed it. It's like a dog that loves you without dinner. Like somebody else is giving them the kibble. Like those stray cats that sometimes show up in your front yard and you, you pet them, but you don't feed them because they'll stay. Yeah. Never feed them. That's a key. And they leave when they're But done. he does. Never I mean, feed you a know, hooker. He, basically, it's it's... A combination of arm candy and like I want to go out to dinner. I want to take someone out to dinner. A call girl escort. Out to dinner. Yep. The escorts are great. They take lonely guys and dudes who are fed up with the game, and they go out and treat them, you know, like the way they wish they were treated. And it costs a couple bucks, but it's going to cost either way. And then it's not a game. You can't piss them off. You can't piss the hooker off. She has to like you. That's gold. It's pathetic, but it's gold. I have a friend of mine who, when he turned forty, this was a while ago. So he turned 40, and he's like, uh, just, he'd been divorced, and he's like, if I'm not with somebody I like by the time I'm 40, I'm not trying. And th- th- this is probably 20 years ago now, and every uh, other Friday on payday, uh, he would take a little bit extra out and, uh, and go hammer some broad over there at the bar. Get a date. <laughs> yeah. It was awesome. John, imagine how many mass shootings we could avoid if we allowed hookers to de-stress the office weirdos. Totally agree. If, if it was a program in your health care... It's like we all go into that one guy's office and like, hey, it's Friday. Uh, Alicia's here. Are you interested? She's giving discounts to uh, employees of the week. We'll call it. HSA would cover that too. Oh, sure. Man, it would be, be co- great. Covered on your HSA to get <laughs> therapy. <laughs> yes. You get Sura, that lady to show. Oh, man. Hey, guess who won employee of the week again? Alicia's here. Oh, I can't believe I've worn her gun. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Don't question anything. Just pound away and he'd be the most pleasant employee we've got. And then you start seeing one of the IT guys over there going, and he's about to snap and shoot up sales. Hey, look, your employee of the week. Uh, here's Alicia. Isn't that Paul's girlfriend? Well, it used to be. And we just keep her in our, right now. Keep her in an office down here with a computer, and she can pretend she's doing accounting. Nobody's going to go in there and ask questions about accounting. Then she just hammers the office weirdo every once in a while, full of feet. <laughs> anyway, it's not as bad as it is. Brady, your daughters don't have to do it. That blanket. There is a downside, you know. Oh, to fun? Go ahead. Tell us about it. There's no downside. Keep that in mind, ladies. You're going to do it either way. You're going to do it the traditional route where everybody's happy about it, or you're going to do it their way. And I admire those ladies. They're at least realistic with it. My God, the comments. Says, John, I was at the MGM last year about this time, and two of the most beautiful women I've ever seen came up to me while I was at a slot machine. I was trying to have fun. 
I would have never guessed they were hookers. They are hot. I have had this experience where I thought suddenly uh, in this lighting, I must not be the face I see in the mirror because these ladies are coming on to me. One of them's name was Angel, and she gave me her card afterwards. She was the prettiest girl. She's like, I love this game. Are you having any luck? I'm like, no, nah, not really. Do you want some? Can you make the machine work, I said? No, you know what I mean. Oh. Do you like to party? I, I do. What does that mean? This one says if you give uh, the hookers a sex test, is that just checking to see if they're good at it, pass or fail, or give them grades like a hot girlfriend? Well, you can yelp them if you want. Oh, that's a good idea, too. Uh, yeah, hooker yelp. I like that. Everyone's doing OnlyFans now. If you're under 30, you probably are OnlyFans. What's the difference? That is not a huge leap to prostitution. Uh, Jelly Roll, who's having a huge kickoff to his yeah. career, his wife paid for his music career as a call girl. See, Brady? People like you want to stop Jelly Roll. And he's good. Sunday down at the NFL Experience, there were some hookers walking around, and they're young, and they looked happy. <laughs> Make it legal and tax that ass. That's right. That's what we need to do. In my America, that's what would happen. Someone did a survey at ASU about 10 years ago, John, and found that 80% of girls surveyed had turned to prostitution at some point in their college life. 80%! I bet a girl 100 bucks once. Which was technically... Pre- That's Jelly Roll's wife. Yeah. I've seen the pictures of them. I didn't know she was a hooker. Assumed it. Yeah. But I didn't know that. And Jelly Roll's not doing better than that. She saw talent in Jelly Roll and said, tell you what, I'm going to bankroll this. And then we're both going to be happy. Man. First of all, I take offense at you accusing me of preventing someone named Jelly Roll. Not to be <laughs> I know. That's why I'm <laughs> saying, we dare you. change your way. dare you. <laughs> Now, if you you know you, you always want to bring your daughter into this situation, if Kirby met a Jelly Roll kid and he's like got a voice of an angel and he's written some great songs, and she goes, "I'm going to turn to prostitution to fund us for a little while," and then Jelly Roll happens, you'd kind of be like, ah, "I was against it, but I mean, it paid off." She knows better. What? She knows she doesn't have to do that. Why? Dad, will you pay for Jelly Roll? Oh, that's true. (laughs) Whatever you want, honey. (laughs) What Kirby wants, Kirby gets. Kirby wants to be a hooker. (laughs) You can just pay for everything. That's what she's going to do. I'll pay for everything. Then I don't have to be a hooker. You're a good daddy. That's right, Kirby Derbs. Kirby, you just learned a life lesson. Just threaten a prostitution (laughs) and your dad will hand it over. Your dad's the real John. You don't want that sugar. Here you go, baby. Same language would be used as if a pimp was paying a hooker. Here you go, sugar plum. I'll get arrested. She's my daughter. Oh, you're sick. You hand her all that money. He does it so I don't prostitute. He's so afraid. Yeah. I don't know how many times hookers on. We've had, yeah, you're right. We've had it right in this, in this industry. Plenty of people have been caught getting hand jobs at massage parlors. and It's everywhere. Maybe we should dabble in it. I've never tried it. You ever been with one? No. Me neither. I'm not even going to ask you. <laughs> yeah, I've been. Toledo's grandma was and a Barcelona. Yeah, it doesn't count. You just talk to her. I chickened out. Your your friends talked you into doing one, and yeah. you walked her into it. You weren't going to do it. I mean, technically, we've all been with one. I yeah, mean, that's it's, true. You know, we've... I bet a girl... Drinks and dinner and all that stuff. I bet a girl $100 that she couldn't, you know, get the job done in the car. You know I could. No, you couldn't. No, you couldn't. Oh, well, if there's anything in it for me. 100 bucks says you can't. All right. 
Hey, look who lost the bet. Here you go. <laughs> I feel good about yourself. So technically. So I slid 100 her way just to watch her cringe. <laughs> Hang on. You made the deal. She needed money. I took advantage of that. <laughs> so technically. I guess that's true. And I enjoyed it. And we did it again later for free. Fifty yeah, percent off. It's a bogo. <laughs> a bogo. You got a bogo. Man, I got a vaginal bogo. <laughs> Great band name, vaginal bogo. Oh, write that down. That's a good one. Uh, let's get ourselves a wake up song. Five eight five ninety eight hundred. A good one. We'll scream it together. It's ninety eight KUP. Wake up. It's out of control now. You've been listening to Holmberg's Morning Sickness Podcast, brought to you by our friends at Eric's Family Barbecue in Avondale. Meet, mesquite, repeat, ericsfamilybbq.com.